This is Shop Talk Radio, Episode 8, with Rachel Markarian. Welcome to Shop Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, and on this show, we bring you inspiring guests to dive underneath the hood of the creative entrepreneurial lifestyle to bridge the gap between art, commerce, and inspiration. I get to bring you my good friend, Rachel Markarian, who has a very powerful story as she was born with her legs turned inward and barely able to walk. But now she's become a powerful professional dancer for many big artists like Rihanna, Katy Perry, Beyonce, and that's just a few. Uh, But even this year, she danced with Beyonce at the Super Bowl which you'll get to hear about in in this episode. Um, I've seen her dance. She's absolutely incredible. But on top of the amazing things she's accomplished in her life, uh, she's just a wonderful human being and all around an inspiring individual. On this episode, you'll find out what it takes to become a dancer and hear what is behind the scenes to the commitment, dedication, and discipline. But having, having a strong vision for what you want will help you do whatever it takes to get there. We'll also hear the story of how she moved to LA, went broke, and how she got her first break uh, to go on tour with with Rihanna. Uh, We get to learn about the sacrifices that it takes to make it with art and dance and uh, doing what you love. She talks about running your career as a business, which a lot of dancers, actors, and models don't don't, uh, necessarily do or, or think about but it's so important. The things that you need to invest into that will help your career, help you grow as an artist, and then how to market yourself as as an artist and create and maintain the proper industry relationships that you need and that will help you uh, succeed. Uh, Rachel's a powerhouse, and her dancing inspires everybody that she shares that with. So let's get into it. Um, tell us your name. I'm Rachel Markarian. And what do you do, Rachel? I'm a professional dancer and an actress. Awesome. So just give us a little context. Where are you from? I'm originally from Boston, actually right outside of Boston, Worcester. It's about 45 minutes outside of Boston. And I grew up there and I uh, moved to L.A. when I was about 20. So I've been to, in L.A. for about 10, almost 11 years now. Awesome. So in the context of dancing, give us a little more background on who you've danced with, what kind of stuff you do, uh, who, like, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, most of the dancing that I do is, uh, in the film and commercial and television world. I tour with a lot of artists. So like, um, some of the artists I've danced and toured with are Rihanna, Katy Perry, Beyonce, Pink, uh, Justin Timberlake, big Latin artist named Cheyenne. He was actually my first tour. And when I'm not touring, I'm working on TV shows and and films and commercials. There's a lot of that in L.A. So that's most of the work that I get to do out here, in addition to, like, industrial work and live shows and performances and stuff like that. So you've danced with a few big names you might have heard of. A few, yes. That is pretty (laughs) awesome. I'm pretty lucky. So I've seen you dance a little bit. You've got... 
A slight amount of talent. Okay, you've got a lot of yeah, talent. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty amazing. I think you. One of your recent uh, projects was dancing with Beyonce at the at the Super Bowl. Tell us a little bit about yeah, that. That was amazing. That was one of those things that I'll never forget. I got off stage at the end of the halftime show, and I, I just burst into tears. And it was actually right when we finished our dance segment, so I got to walk off stage and walk through the field and watch her perform Halo, which was the last song of our set. And it was just such an emotional experience because I love performing live. It's like one of my favorite things to do because it's such a high for me. But to perform in front of that many people in a stadium and in a venue that huge was a huge point in my career. And I never... um you know, performing at the Super Bowl was never like on my bucket list as a dancer. It was kind of always something that I, you know, I would watch during the Super Bowl, but I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, that would be great. But it was nothing that I was ever like, I need to do this. And it just kind of almost fell into my lap the way I got it. I was actually teaching with Beyonce's choreographer um, over the holiday. And he was like, are you available for the Super Bowl? And I was like, yeah, I'll make myself available. So That's awesome. yeah, so it kind of worked out well. And it was with just an amazing group of female dancers. And, um, we got to go to new Orleans and rehearse for like three weeks with her and like eight to 10 hours a day with Beyonce. And it was just like an amazing experience and when I got off stage and I finished it I was like oh my god that was like check that off the bucket list because it was unreal the feeling was incredible so a little bit of creative resonance there with uh, yeah with with what you're doing so what so what's a good what was some of your what's one of your favorite favorite um, moments or people that you've like experiences in your and throughout your career your dance career and and you know touring with rihanna or touring with katie give us a little insight of that what's that like it's it's crazy it's so fun i mean when you get to work with artists like rihanna and katie when i worked with them they were just at a huge point in their career like it was like that album was such a pivotal point in each of their careers that it was like going on this insane journey with them and watching them, you know, develop as an artist and being on that ride with them was huge. So like I had a blast with, with both of them and, um, I want, I'll never forget this moment. I was on tour with Katie at the time and I toured with Rihanna from like 2007 to like 2009 and then with Katie I think I started in 2010 uh, with her. But um, I was on tour with Katie at the time. We were in Brazil doing the Rock and Rio Festival. So we had just finished performing. And then I got to watch Elton John perform. And then Rihanna got on stage and performed. So I got like to see her, Rihanna on stage doing what she does and actually be the viewer. Because I was so used to being in the show with her. And just to see like her in her element years later was was huge and then we um katie actually like rented a yacht for all of us to just kind of hang out on after the show and so i got to like be with my crew with katie and the dancers and the band and like everybody because everybody with katie is just like one big family and she's so close to rihanna that she invited rihanna and all her crew so i got to see re for like the first time in like three years and I hadn't seen her. So it was like my old world and my new world combining and all the dancers together. And it was like, just 
it was a great moment and because we got to catch up and we talked about our families and what was going on between the last time I had worked with her and where I am now. And so it was, it was a blast. It was so nice to just kind of like merge those two worlds. That's amazing. Yeah. Sounds like a rough life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I thought I'd been to a lot of countries, but I think you put me to shame. How many countries have you been to? I don't even know. I forget. Like, I know that sounds terrible, but how many have you been to? <laughs> I've been to something in the, in the mid-60s. Yeah, I want to say I'm about there. If not, Well, a lot of the countries that I've been to, I've been twice because the artists will do the same route. But, like, my first artist that I toured with was Latin, so most of where we went was Europe, South America, Central America. Yeah. And then where I didn't get to go with him, I went with Rihanna, and where I didn't get to go with her, I went with Katie, and then we kind of doubled a couple. So, it sounds terrible to say this, but I have lost track of some of the places. But I know I've gotten gotten new pages in my passport, like, four times. So <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. Um, so a couple questions out of that. So what, A, what's the biggest thing that you've learned that you learned on, uh, Rihanna's tour about yourself? Oh my God. That's a huge, that's a good question. Um, I think the biggest thing I learned on that tour was the effect that I can have on people. Hmm. Like as a dancer, you're there to make the show look better. You're there to enhance what the artist is doing. And the thing about Rihanna is she used to always say, I want you guys to not just be an accessory of me, but I want you to be part of the show. So we're all working towards the show. So the band and the dancers and the singers and her is all one. There's not like this anybody's behind anybody else. So she made us really feel like we were part of the show. And you know, which is a big thing for artists because it showed me how much she appreciated what we were doing. And I know for me, you know, when I was a kid, just going to these concerts like Janet Jackson and, and, and Paula Abdul back in the day, it was like, that's what I saw when I, you know, was watching these shows. I would look at these dancers on stage and be like, okay, that's what I want to do. So to know that I was that inspiration for other kids in the audience. It was huge to like be on stage. I'm in my element doing what I love performing live, but to actually look into the eyes of these kids that are looking up at you, they're looking at the artists they're looking at the whole production of everything going on. You really realize that it's like, okay, I'm not just here for me doing what I love, but I'm here inspiring somebody to go for their dreams and, and wanting to do, you know, this as well. So it kind of, You know, it's not, I guess it's not something that I, there wasn't like a huge moment where I was just like, oh, I'm learning this about myself, but I'm, I was realizing that I was like, wow, what I'm doing is making an impact on others and it's inspiring others and it's huge. So it kind of took myself out of the equation and I made it about, you know, what can I bring to this show that's gonna, you know, make a little kid look at the show and be like, that's what I want to do in my life or they've inspired me or whatever. And so getting their feedback was huge. And I, you know, getting like Facebook and messages and Insta, you know, Twitter and Instagram, it's like, you really see the effect that you have on people and the inspiration that you bring to them. And it makes you just want to continue what you're doing and know that you're doing, you know, something really great. And it's not about you. It's about them, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. So through that, through traveling through with the through the, through the world with your, with artists, what's what's one thing that you've learned from your travels? That 
A, we have it really great here. <laughs> yeah, we do. But like, you know, traveling was my education. You know, I, I went to college for two years, but I majored in dance, you know, so I feel like the best education is through other cultures and seeing other countries and visiting, you know, different, you know, different areas and cities and seeing how they live. And, you know, we have it really great here and the opportunities that we have here are huge, but it really puts everything in perspective. You know, when you go and you, you know, I've been to Africa a few times and you go to all these different countries that are, don't have, you know, the opportunities that we have. It's like, you really appreciate where you come from, but it also just opens your eyes to so many things. And when you feel like, I don't know, it's hard for me to explain, but it's so, it's like, it's like a bigger picture. Like when you think about, you know what I mean? I mean, you've traveled, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, it's like anything that we have going on is so insignificant compared to what the world is battling or I don't know if I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, we have very well, you know, we, it's, I've been to so many developing world countries and, you know, you know, the the other thing too is people have nothing and yet they're so happy. Oh my God. Yeah. And yet we have almost, we have anything we want. We have access to anything we want and And we're so unhappy. Yeah. Or we can't find the, the joy in the little things. That's another thing. It's like you can't, it's like we, you know, yeah, they find the joy and the happiness in any, anything. And it's more, especially too, when you go to like South America and everything, it's like family and like, you know, it's love and it's just all the little things that we take for granted are huge for them. And so it really puts everything into perspective and you come out of, you know, each situation every city that i you know go visit or country or whatever it's just like man i I made me appreciate everything i have so much more because not everybody has the opportunities we have and yet they make the best of what they have and yeah and um yeah that's awesome so i mean it makes you makes you thankful thankful for all the opportunities that uh that we get here so yeah um, another question, you know, I'm just curious transitioning more into, um, kind of where you've been and who you've worked with. Uh, what did you get to do with Justin Timberlake? I did a movie with Justin. It was called Southland Tales. And, um, I forgot what year it was. I think it was 2006 or something. It was wow. back in the it was a, it was back a while. in the day. Like back in the day. <laughs> it was a while ago, but it was really cool. I did a film with him, and it was like, you know, there was like eight or nine of us girls, and um, he was really fun to work with, and really just really cool, and it was a great environment, and uh, yeah, awesome. Well, now we got an understanding of, of the awesome things that you've you've been you've accomplished in your life, and and what you're doing. Uh, what are some of the monumental moments growing up that have that have helped shape you as a person helped shape your story well i mean growing up it wasn't i really i really trained really hard to get where i was i didn't really have any natural talent where so to speak like a lot of people it comes easier to them it came it was really difficult for me and i was born kind of like my feet were inverted in so i had to wear kind of like braces to even just get my legs and my hips to even go parallel. So to, so to do dance and ballet is like everything is turned out. It's a complete opposite of what our body wants to do, but even more so for me because 
everything was going in the other direction. So I had mm. to work extra hard to kind of even get what people get on the norm. So, so what did you have to go through every day to correct that? Like, what was that like? Well, thankfully my mom, she, <laughs> she would, she was pretty like disciplined with me and diligent as far as like, you know, working on everything daily, like my flexibility. I was in training like every, I started dancing when I was three basically because I was super shy and my mom was like, okay, how am I going to get her comfortable in front of people? I'll just put her in a, in a room where she'll have to perform and be on stage. And hopefully that'll just make her feel comfortable in front of a crowd. And, you know, I think my mom saw something in me when I was a kid. So she kind of just kept pushing this you know, this on me and the training and knowing that I was getting, you know, the discipline that I needed from it. And so it was a lot of her being like, okay, you know, this is what you have to do every day to kind of like correct all the way I was born, so to speak. So it was like, yeah, you know, working on my flexibility and doing things outside of the studio that other kids, when they would kind of be able to like go play, I was fixing what I had to fix and like yeah. working and doing, putting in the extra hours and stuff. So, um, you know, that was a lot of that growing up as a kid until I was about 10 or 12. And then, um, you know, I started training harder and realizing that I was like, okay, I, I can do this. I like this. There isn't anything else that I would want to do. So let me just throw everything I can into it. And so I went to a performing arts high school and danced like three hours a day in my middle school and high school. And then after that would go dance like eight hours a day with the same trainer. And then on the weekends I would go to New York city and train with teachers in New York just so I could like broaden my vocabulary as a, a dancer and a performer and get as many styles under my belt as possible. And then when I was like 15, I moved to New York and lived there for like nine months completely on my own. My mom like dropped me off. I stayed in a, like a studio apartment of a, of a girl that went to my dance studio that was like 10 years older than me. She was like a dancer in New York and she wasn't in town during that time. So I basically moved into her studio apartment on my own, figured out like the city and trained. Yeah. And that was the hardest training I had ever done growing up. And that changed me as a dancer and changed me as a performer. So, so tell us how, like, what, what was, what did you go through? What was the, what was the struggle? What was your teacher like? What, you know, what, what was that, that struggle that you went through that made you who you are today? You know, it was, I, I had a teacher growing up that was like, she was like my second mom. So I spent more time with her than I did with, with my actual mother, just because we were training so hard. And she was, she was hard on me and she was, you know, I think she saw something that, um, was different. I don't know if you want to say it was special or it was different or whatever. So she really, you know, I, I called it tough love. I mean, she was really hard on me and I felt like it was, you know, because she was just trying to push me beyond my limits. So there was a lot of, you know, a lot of long hours and a lot of, you know, um, kind of just, I threw myself into it and she was you know she was tough on me and I remember coming home from class all the time like crying like why is she constantly picking on me I don't understand I can never do anything right and and my brother used to say you know you'll be thankful for it when you're older and you're you're still and you're still performing you're still dancing when everybody else is not going to be able to do it you'll be you'll be happy that she was this hard on you because it pre it'll prepare you for 
a career and not just a couple of jobs here and there, but it's about the journey and, and the, the full career. And yeah. so, um, so I just, I just stuck with it and, you know, I did everything I could to like please her and, and make her happy. And, and, uh, but there was a lot of like, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, you know, long hours and bruises and dancing on injuries and just kind of like, you know, plugging away, um, no matter what it took pretty much. Yeah. So what did you learn from that experience that, that would help any, anybody, any aspiring dancers or anybody in your field? I mean that the best thing I took away from that is that if you put in the work and you train really hard, then it gets easier as you get older. You know, if you're, cause one thing my teacher used to always say is she would say, you know, don't worry about the, the technique. You're so well trained. It'll fall into place. And I feel like that's with anything with any, you know, whether you play an instrument or you're a singer or a dancer or whatever, any type of athlete, it's like when you train so hard and you put all that into it from the get go, it's like you're all that stuff is, is it's instilled in you. It falls into place. Yeah. So then you can like, as a dancer, it's like you can focus more on the style of things and, you know, creating who you are as an artist and bringing your own personality to the work, knowing that the technique is going to fall into place. So it's like, yes, I put in those long hours and yes, I did the blood, sweat and tears and all of that, but I wouldn't be where I am now and I wouldn't have the career that I have and the, the, the discipline and the, you know, I'm extremely professional on my jobs. I wouldn't be that way had I not gone through that tough training. Yeah. So commitment and dedication yeah, is yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Commitment, dedication, discipline. It was like huge. Discipline was like huge because that my teacher was so. She came from a sports background. Her father was a coach, so she brought that type of dynamic into the training. So it wasn't just like, oh, she's a dance teacher. She was like a coach. So it's like getting that, you know, for sure, commitment, the discipline, the hard work, and the the ability to bounce back no matter what. Like that was a big thing too. It was just like, no matter how, how much, you know, was what was going on or who was saying what, or, you know, how many competitions we were doing is like the ability to just constantly bounce back and keep pushing through and just learning from whatever mistakes were happening truly prepared me for like the professional world. Because this world that I'm in now is you're auditioning all the time and you're either right for the job or you're not. And being able to handle the rejection and handle, you know, all of that is huge. And if you don't go through those struggles, you know, as a kid and growing up and training, then it's like, you, it's really hard to handle the career on the professional end. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So going through that, you, you must've had a lot of passion and you must have had a, had a vision for where you wanted to be yes. to, to have that, to put in that rigor and that, and that practice and yeah. the dedication and discipline. Uh, what was, so when you were going through that, what was your vision? My thing is I was, <laughs> I went and saw my first concert. It was like Janet Jackson. And I saw Tina Landon was on stage dancing with her. And I just remember looking at her and being like, that's what I want to do. And it wasn't like, it wasn't an experience that I had, or it wasn't a feeling that I had when I was dancing. I just remember looking at Tina on stage and being like, whatever she's doing, she's inspiring me. I want to do the same thing. Like that's who I want to be. And you know, funny enough, she's the one that hired me for Rihanna's tour. So it was really cool to see like the full circle that came around in that. But with dance, it was like, I remember when I was like 15, I said to my mom, I was like, I want to be a dancer. And she was like, 
okay, is there anything else you want to do? And I was like, no, that's it. Like I was so set. You couldn't tell me anything. Like my lane was super clear (laughs) and I knew where I was going. So, and it was funny because some of the people in my family, everybody was so supportive. It was like that idea of, okay, well, if that doesn't work out, what else are you going to do? Because there is no guarantee and dancers careers are only so, so long, but I never entertained the thought of like a plan B because I felt like yeah. if I had a plan B, then I would have something in the back of my head that I could fall back on. And I just was like, this is what I'm so in love with. Like, yeah. I love dancing that you, like a million people could tell me I couldn't do it. And I literally would not listen to anybody. It was what I want. It's truly what I wanted. And so nothing was going to get in my way of getting that. And I did, I never worried about like, what am I going to do when I can't dance? Cause I always felt like, every experience I have as a dancer is going to open my eyes to different things. And so, you know, now it's like I'm shifting into acting and the, the producing is, is fascinating to me. So it's like, I never worried about like, Oh God, when this is over, what am I going to do? Because I knew that like my career would open other doors and other interests for me. Mm-hmm. And I would just naturally navigate towards something else that always had to do with the arts. Yeah. So no matter where you're going, vision is the key. It's huge. If you don't, if you don't know where you're, where you're going, you don't have, and I don't like to say have a set plan, but it's more of like a vision. Mm -hmm. Like, because sometimes when we have a plan, it's like life happens, you know, and life happens when you're not looking. And sometimes if, when you're so set on like setting the plan and setting the goals, it's like, we miss the spontaneity of what's happening around us. Sometimes we miss the excitement and the things that we never planned. Sometimes those are the most exciting things and you got to be open to that as well. So it's just like, yes, having a vision. Like I imagined myself on stage, like I imagined that. And I, you know, whether it's putting that out into the universe or whatever, but that's what I knew. I knew I wanted to entertain. I knew what I wanted to inspire, whether it was through live stage or through film or TV or whatever. But, um, it's, it's like the vision is huge. And if you don't believe in yourself and you don't trust in like what you're capable of doing, then it's, you know, it just makes it that much harder because, you know, how are you going to do anything if you don't, truly believe that you can do it or that you don't see it for yourself you know yeah yeah no you're totally right i mean believing in yourself is huge believing in your vision whatever it takes to do your vision mm-hmm. will get you to where you want to be hard work you know talent obviously but talent but and hard work drive. combined yeah. yeah and it's the drive truly because it's like like i said you couldn't you couldn't tell me anything i knew what i wanted and a lot of my friends that i talk to now they're the same way. They're like, when you finally realize what you want to do, like that was it. Like yeah. it didn't matter. You totally. Know? I'm exactly the, exactly the same way. Yeah. When I became, when I wanted to discover, I want to do photography. Vision was key. Mm-hmm. And once I decided that's what I wanted to do, that's what I wanted to do. And there was no stopping me. There was nothing and nobody that could tell you, you couldn't. Yeah. And in all the no's like that you get, I would, I, I would always be like, okay, so it's prepping me for something like whether it's building my character or whatever, but I never let it affect what I ultimately wanted to do. Yeah. You know, it was just kind of like, cause sometimes, you know, as freelancers and, and artists and creative people, it's like we let strangers dictate, you know, our next move sometimes or yeah. like our happiness or, or what's going on in our head. It's just like, everybody's got a different opinion and a different taste and a different style. And what works for somebody might not work for somebody else. Yeah. So taking it personal is 
like the opposite direction that you want to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you really have to head for that vision and and not take things personal, and it, and that's that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard so thing hard. to do. It's so hard. Yeah. So where would you say your passion has come from? Because passion is also a key element and and the drive of what you're doing. Um, I mean, I I always like, you know point towards my mom with that just because she was a huge influence and I know you it's like your mom can't teach you passion because I don't think you can teach anybody that you either kind of like have it in you or you don't when it comes to certain things but you know my mom kind of like when she does something she does it all out and I think you know her and I are so close that I saw that about her and I admired that and I was always kind of like that's how I want to be but I think when you love something like the passion is there. It's mm-hmm. like you find something that makes you happy, that excites you and you do it and you keep doing it and you keep discovering more about yourself through that process that that passion just grows and grows. And then it becomes almost like, you know, this, I don't want to sound cliche, but it's like this flame inside you that is just like burning and burning and, yeah. burning and growing. And the more you do it, the more, you know, it just ignites everything inside you, you know, and passion for me is like, I can't imagine, I can't imagine doing something I don't love, you know? Yeah. I can't imagine like, that's just, and that's just for me. And I feel so blessed and so lucky that I get to make a career (laughs) out of like dancing and doing what I love because it's literally like, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I called this a job. I mean, it's hard work. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) It's hard work, but it's like so enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you love what you do, you never you never work a day in your life. Exactly. And that's my motto. I, I, I and that's love what I do. That's the key to success. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, tell us a little bit how how the business side of of your industry works, because um, I consider you a creative entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people, a lot of times, you know, actors, models, um, dancers, that space doesn't necessarily people. A lot of people don't think of themselves as a creative entrepreneur in their own business, but you really are. So, kind of give us what's the landscape of how the business works. Okay. Well, I always say you got to be the CEO of your company and you being your company because, um, you know, as dancers, you know, you freelance and sometimes you, you know, are working for a company and sometimes you're not. So it's, and it's, you know, as an artist, life can be very inconsistent. So it's about managing, you know, your work and budgeting and, and all of that. But it, it is a business. That's why they call it show business. And I know that sounds, you know, funny or whatever, but it's, it's, it's literally like 70% business, 30% art and talent. And, um, you know, there's so much that goes into, you know, landing a job or not landing a job. And it's sometimes it's not about your talent. And a lot of it, you know, you got to, you know, you have to invest in yourself because it it takes money to make money and investing in yourself as far as like, you know, having the right training and having the right headshots and, 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 you know, classes and this and that. It's just like, there's so much that goes into your success as an artist and just being, good and not being smart about it and not being business savvy. Yeah. It doesn't serve you as well as like, it's, it's the difference between having, getting, booking a couple of jobs and having a long career with, with, and being able to work with 
the same choreographers on a consistent basis. You know, yeah. now I'm at the point in my career where I remember being like, well, I remember struggling my first year out here in LA. Like I moved out here, you know, when I was like 20 years old, I was on, I had left college and I was like, if I can't make my living dancing and, and, and yeah. doing what I came out here to do, then I don't deserve to be here. And that's not to say that's that, I don't think you should get a job to support yourself and pay your bills. Absolutely. But for me, I was like, I don't want anything that's going to distract me from wh what I want to do. And yeah. I want to get to the point where I'm turning down jobs because at that, that first year it was, you know, it was, it was like a job here and then a month or two would go by and another job there. And I was like, okay, I'm struggling. I can't ever be at this point. I get that it's my first year out here, but I want to get to the point where I'm working consistently and I never want to go like a week without a job. Yeah. So, you know, it was now that I'm at that point, it's frustrating too, because I just want to work on everything and I, yeah. I never want to have a conflict as far <laughs> as scheduling is concerned, but it is a business and it's a little, it's like a dance too. It's, it's like juggling your schedule and juggling your agents and what, you know, you got to know, and this goes back to the vision too, is like, you got to know who you are as an artist and what you excel in and, and, and where you fit in, in this business, because if you don't know then your agents are not going to know how to represent you. Yeah. And, and you know, having a clear understanding of who you are and what you bring to the table. So then when you go into your meetings with your agents, you're talking to them like, this is, this is what I do. This is where I'm at. You're showing them your footage. If this is, if you're getting, you know, a new agent or whatever. And, and then they know how to pitch you and they know where yeah. you fit in this category because not everybody does everything. Like I, right. you know, I'm five, eight, you know, I'm tall for LA, so I don't do, you know, I don't, I don't dance with the shorter artists generally, and I don't do like a lot of some of the, you know, some of the things, but I, my element is like film and TV and commercial land, you know, and, and just getting lucky enough, I guess, to have worked with taller artists, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but like not yeah. everybody fits in the same category. So you got to know where you fit in. You got to be smart about that and really saying like, okay, this is where I this is what I'm good at. This is where I fit. So I'm going to just hone that and make, I'm going to be perfect in that. And I'm going to make sure that that's like the element that I'm, you know, that I excel in that ever, if somebody needed something, they would call on me for it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. I talked to a lot of actors and models and, and it seems like you really got to know where your market is. Yeah. You, you know, as, as, talent you got to know where what your look fits or what your where you fit into the ball game and if you really understand that yeah then you can really go after that and find the right agents find the right avenues mm -hmm. and you know if you're trying to do something you're not you're not going to exactly. get very far yeah and, and that comes but that's like that i feel like that comes down to like who who you are like you knowing who you are authentically yeah you know and it's like having a clear understanding of of what you bring and knowing who you are at the core yeah, and like standing for that because it's just, you know, I notice a lot of dancers when they come out, you know, especially right now, the industry is really tough because there's a lot of amazing dancers. There's a lot of dance going on on TV and it's just like becoming more and more popular, which yeah. is awesome. But then the industry is becoming bigger and oversaturated. And I see like, you know, a lot of people now that are like, well, I can do this and I can do that and I can do this and I can do that. And it's just like, yes, you can, but don't you think you fit more into these categories? And you could, it's a difference of doing a couple of jobs here and there or a ton of jobs. Like, 
being in this role, if you could see that this is where you, this is where your lane is, so to speak, you know what I mean? But also stretching yourself and being as versatile as possible, but just really being smart and knowing like where you fit in. It's like, you know, and that comes down to sometimes there's auditions and the same day at the same time for two different jobs. And you got to know, okay, well, which job am I most likely to book? That's the one that I'm going to go on. I'm not going to try to go on both and squeeze it in and this and that. It's like, are my odds greater, you know, by getting going on this one? Yeah, because that's my category. So that's what I'm going to go out on. Yeah. So you're you're going to the one that aligns with your vision, yeah. aligns with who you are. Yeah. And, and that's what's accelerating that. Uh-huh. So what was your process in getting your first agent? Well, tell us about that. Um, I was in college at the time. And I went to college in Oklahoma and I always thought that I would just be in New York and be on Broadway because just coming from the East Coast, that was like my thing. I never even knew that there was a a dance world in LA. And when I was in college, a friend of mine was like, oh, we're going to this dance convention, you know, in Dallas, come with us. And I was like, okay, whatever. So go to this convention. I ended up getting a scholarship to a studio in LA. Yeah. And so I came out here during the summer and I trained and my cousin lives, lives here at the time. So she let me stay with her. And I just basically trained for like four months here in LA for free. Took as many classes as I wanted, all this stuff. And at the end of that, I was in a performance. I was in like a big show and this guy comes up to me and he's like, we know each other. And he was an agent at uh, one of the big agencies here at the time, but him and I met each other in New York when I was on scholarship in New York. He mm. was my manager there. He managed the dance studio. Yeah. So he was like, we met, you know, we used to work together this and that. I was like, oh my God, you know, so he's just like, you know, are you living here? Let, like, let's work together. I was like, no, I'm still in college. And he's like, okay, well, when you're ready to, you know, when, if you graduate or when you leave, like, just know we want to take, we want to sign you. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I knew I had that already yeah. under my belt that I was very lucky in that regard. So when I left college, I basically made a call and I was like, I left school. Are we, are we going to do this? And he was like, yeah, yeah, come to the office, had a meeting, signed the papers, but it's not always that simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I just, you know, it's like my, one of my teachers used to say, luck is preparation meeting opportunity. And I just feel like, yeah, I had the opportunity. I was in a show. Mm-hmm. He was there. I got lucky, but I also, you know, performed. I proved myself in that arena. And, um, and so, yeah, that's how it happened for me. But I, a lot of, a lot of agencies don't audition right now. And yeah. if they do, it's only once or twice a year. So unless you're going to their open calls or you're just submitting, you know, your materials to them or getting a referral from a friend, it's difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like, it, you know, it, it's really the power of connections and the power of knowing people. I mean, how, yeah. like, how important do you think it is to be able to connect with people? Oh my God, it's huge. Networking is like, that's, that's part of the business. Yeah. That's why it's like, you know, you have to, well, first of all, it's like when you're on a job, being professional and being on top of your game and all of that resonates more than anything else because that makes you, you know, you're remembered because of that. And B it's like a lot of stuff that I do, like I said, it's film and TV. So if you're doing the work and you're professional, you're making the choreographer look good, look good for the client. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's what matters, you know? So being on top of your game, but also like making those connections when you're on set and making sure that you're known and you're known for the right reasons and not the wrong reasons that you like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but it's true. It's like, 
And, and that's another thing too, is like you're on set and you know this too, is like, it's a, such a small world. If one person does one thing and it's not the right thing, everybody's talking about it within the next hour. Yeah. Like any, anybody from like wardrobe to this or to that. That's why it's like, if you go in for a fitting and you cause a fuss, it's like you get on set, the producer knows, you know, the director yeah. knows, everybody knows. So it's like being on top of your game, being professional and making those connections in a true authentic way of with who you are and bringing who you are like real and raw to the table and just like keeping maintaining those connections, you know, like that's another thing. It it doesn't, it's not good enough to just do a job with them and be like, okay, I made an impression. That's great. And then six months go by and they're having another audition. They've completely forgotten about you. You've got to maintain it. If they're T if, if you're doing a job for a choreographer and they happen to be teaching a class or, you know, whatever, you got to go to that class. You got to get in front of them again. That's Mm -hmm. part of you networking and connecting and you know my industry is big but it's also very small everybody's friends with everybody so kind of like putting yourselves in those situations whereas like if there's showcases or you know performances it's like going there and being there and being in front of people and being open and personable and you know yeah showing your face so to speak but also at the end of the day it's all about the work making sure you're on top of your game. Yeah, you have to have your work. Your work yeah. has to be solid. I mean, but the work, that's almost just like a secondary piece in, in, in the puzzle. I mean, connecting with people and building value and mm-hmm. f- giving value to other people in that connection is so huge, and they're going to remember you for that. Yeah. Uh, what What are some ways that you've, you've built value in, in your connections with other people? Um, I'm really consistent. So, like, you know... I don't try to be anything that I'm not. What you see is what you get with me. I'm, I do my job on set or on the road or whatever. And I just, you know, I know when to, I don't know if this is going to sound right, but I, I know when to like hold back and stay mm-hmm. quiet and observe. And I know when to kind of like get myself out there as well. Yeah. And it's a juggle and it's a fine line, especially when you work with artists, cause you don't want to go too overboard. Yeah. You know, cause that is really obvious when you do that. So it's, you know, I've, I've got like a handful of choreographers that I, I work with on a consistent basis and I'm really lucky for that. But those relationships took time to build. Yeah. And, and it was like a slow, you know, it was like a marathon. It wasn't a sprint, you know, and that's why my relationships with them have lasted 10 years now because it was just like, I nurtured them and I, you know, I was very consistent with them. Like I said, if, if I did a job with a choreographer that I really wanted to work with again, if they were teaching a class, I was in there taking that class. And if they were, if they had a performance that they were doing, I was there at the performance, you know, introducing myself again, getting myself in, in the mix. Also my friends and this and that it's like, but you got to like, and this goes back to what we were talking about is like being the CEO of your company, marketing yourself, you yeah. know? And a lot of it is at this point now, it's like, like I remember with, with, um, Rihanna, I had done a, an award show with her. She had a choreographer at the time. I did one award show with her. They had asked me to do her, her tour. I think she was touring with the Pussycat Dolls at the time. And I was doing a film during that time. So I didn't do the tour. Then she got a new choreographer, which was Tina ended up choreographing her main tour and they were looking for one other girl and I couldn't go to the audition because I was working on a commercial that day. Mm. And 
a couple of my friends said to Tina, the choreographer was like, well, do you know Rachel Markarian? Like you should, you should hire her or whatever. And a few people had said my name to her. So Tina was like, who is this Rachel girl? Okay. I'm going to like, I'll have another audition. Yeah. So she had a small call and I was able to go to that. And then Tina was like, yeah, she was like, oh, you know, a lot of people have been mentioning your name to me. So yeah. it's just like, it's such a small community that a lot of choreographers and casting directors and producers, and you know this too, it's like, you'll just be talking about your idea or your vision. It's like, I need this kind of person or I need that kind of person. Yeah. And you got the right person in front of you being like, oh, well, have you met so-and-so? Do you know this person, that person? <laughs> and for me, I'm all about like, I love referring people to people. I love like giving other people jobs and opportunities. Like I have friends that are like, I need a tall blonde. I have a a girlfriend of mine that's on tour with Beyonce right now. But before she got on tour, I would always refer her to anybody I could. And it's like, I feel like you just got to pay it forward and like just, but that's where the networking comes in. And that's where like being accountable and being professional and being easy to work with, but very like on top of your game, it's going to give you a long lasting career as opposed to just like a couple of jobs here and there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of, um, something I've been, I've been learning too recently is, and that we're going to be talking about on, on, on the blog and stuff is, is create entrepreneurship and emotional intelligence because it's so, comes so hand in hand and like the mindsets of where you have to be, you know, you get told no a lot for, you know, and it's, you know, as a creative professional, your, you know, your vision is your product. You are your product. Your, your creative is your product. So that's directly related to you. Yeah. So how have you dealt with that kind of stuff throughout? I mean, cause you really have to have a strong mindset into, into getting to where you want to be. Yeah. I what, mean, what kind of mindsets would you, would you say that you've taken? I mean, like, like I said, it comes down to the vision of what you want and where you know you want to be and imagining yourself in the place that you ultimately want to be, whether that's a year from now, five years from now or whatever. So all that stuff that comes in, like that rejection or those no's or whatever, they literally bounce off you. Mm, yeah. I mean, yes, they, you know, there's, I've taken some hits, you know, I've been like, you know, there's some things that like, I remember at the time they stung and I was like, man, I, I really wanted that. Why didn't I get that? There's got it. But I would always go back to, well, I didn't get it because for some reason I have to be available during that time for something else. Yeah. And whether it's another job or a lesson that I'm learning at that time, that's my approach constantly. So it's really about everything happens for a reason yeah. and really taking that mindset yeah. on of that's, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it does all happen for a reason. I mean, you can, cause at the end of the day, you can put everything you can into something. Like I could leave my heart on the floor at an audition and walk out and be like, I literally did everything I could. Yeah. And there's so many things that play a factor into booking the job and not booking the job, everything from your height to your hair color to the sizes. Cause I've been on the other side of it too. We'll, sometimes we'll be like, well, we just need somebody that can fit into this costume. Yeah. So who are those people that wear a size such and such, whatever. And sometimes <laughs> they're not the sitting, they're not the ones that you would want to give the job to, but they fit into the costume and they have, they're a brunette. And so they work, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it, it's, you know, it goes back to the vision and it's like what, before I booked my first tour, it was like my first like nine months in LA, I had like $6 and 80 cents in my account. Wow. I had no money. And like my mom, she was like, I'll support you, you know, mentally I'll support you, you know, when you move to, out of to LA and you leave college, but like you are on your own, you are an adult. Yeah. So figure it out. 
And I remember calling my brothers and being like, I can't pay my rent. I don't know what to do. I was freaking out. But for some reason, I was just like, there was something in me that was like, it's going to be okay. Because yeah. I said so. Because I put the intention out there. Because I'm... I was just I just knew that I was gonna be okay, and literally two days later, I booked my first tour and I called my agent for an advance. I was like, wow. I need, you need to give me two weeks <laughs> advance of my rehearsal pay so I can pay my bills. But that was the closest call I've ever had, you know, financially. But I I didn't stress about it because I was just like, man, everything is gonna work out because I I said so because I put it out there because I yeah. know that like what I want is bigger than any you know, scenario or that comes my way. Totally. I mean, that's a huge lesson to be learned. And that's, that's such a great story of, of a struggle to, but believing in yourself and, mm-hmm. and believing that everything's going to be okay. Cause what's the point of like me stressing about it and getting, yeah, it's, it's literally a waste of time. If I, if I were to take every no that I had and being like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? And this and that it's like, it's, it's an energy suck. You know, it's yeah. like, what, how is that going to serve me? Right. Like nothing. Like nothing. I can't control what just happened. So how am I going to handle it? How yeah. am I going to reverse the situation and be like, okay, clearly I wasn't meant to do that for whatever reason. Maybe the job's not going to work out or maybe there's a lesson I need to learn <laughs> through this or like I need to be available for somebody else. Usually, you know, it's like you never know why something happens when it happens, but you learn the lesson as the days go on or as time goes on. So, yeah, yeah. it's not always the easiest thing too. I mean, I've struggled with that a lot in the past too, of just mm-hmm. not, not knowing where the next paycheck is going to come in. Yeah. Cause that's, that's the way of the creative entrepreneur. It's yeah. like feast or famine a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even as you grow, you make more money, but you also have a lot more, you expenses. know, overhead and yeah. expenses. And so the, the stress gets greater and, and, and that, you know, your lifestyle is different. <laughs> Your lifestyle's a little different. <laughs> when I, here, I was like living off of, I think like $10 a week. I, I think about that now. I'm like, Oh my God. I mean, yeah, could I, of course, but <laughs> yeah, I was, it was just like, you did what you had to do to get where you sacrifice and you lived the way you needed to live yeah. to ultimately be where you want to be. Yeah, that brings that's a great that brings me to a really great question. What kind of things did you sacrifice along the way to make your vision happen? Um wow. Good question, Nick. Um I mean, as far as like material things? Anything. Like- I mean, whether it was sacrificing you know, living with a bunch of people so you could yeah, save oh, rent for sure. or I, did that. I mean, my first, my first year out here, I think I lived with like four people. It was a big place though. So it's not, it wasn't too bad, but yeah, you're living with four people. You're, you know, you know, not, you know, not being able to go out and, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, it was like, okay, if I have a certain amount of money I can live off of, what do I need to, what do I need <laughs> right. to live off of. Right. You know, I need food and that's it. So it was like, you know, sometimes I wouldn't be able to take a dance class if I wanted to because class costs money. Sometimes I wouldn't be able to take acting class if I wanted to because it's like, you know, an extra couple hundred dollars a month. Or, yeah. You know, because it's like, you're like, no, I can't go out tonight because I have to, I have to save for headshots or no, right. I can't go because I have to buy dance shoes or this and that. You know, it's like the first year that I was here, it was like, okay, you got to get pictures and you got to make sure that you have the right wardrobe for auditions mm-hmm. and the right dance shoes. And like that, that went back to what I said earlier is it takes money to make money. Yeah. So if you're blowing your money on like, you know, 
clothes and bags and stuff like that, it's like, then where's the money for your career and for you and for the investment you've made in yourself? It's not there. So. Exactly. And that's, and that's really what like the creative entrepreneur is. you you are a business, you know, yeah. you may not think about the things that you have to invest into, like you're saying, where, mm-hmm. you know, it takes money to make money. It really does. And you've got to invest in your, in brand. you, in, in your, your brand yeah. in you, you are your brand, you are your product. So mm-hmm. you have to invest in yourself. And to be able to get to where you want. And, you know, I've biggest thing I've learned along the way as well is, is the, you know, when you have your vision, everything else is just puzzle pieces. Totally. You know, you have to sacrifice here so you can put money into here and, 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 you know, get money from other places just to, to fulfill your vision. Yeah. So what what are, what are some other ways that you've done that in, in your world? I mean, I'll get asked to like travel and teach sometimes, yeah. you know, so I'll go and I'll, I love teaching masterclasses. Like I, I love like traveling to studios and, and traveling on conventions and teaching students. And like, I, I get so thrilled by like seeing their progress and excitement and everything. So sometimes I'll say, okay, well I'll take, you know, some time off of LA or some time out of, out of town and I'll go teach cause I'll make this certain amount of money and then I can invest that into, you know, what I need as far as like my training for acting or this or that. Cause it's like even, even to have your materials online to get submitted by your agents, yeah. it's a couple hundred dollars. I mean, you can't, you can't just have like one or two photos up there. You got to have uh, like at least 10 photos and each photo is like $25 to even put online. If you want to change a photo, it's another 25 to $40. So it's just like, you, you know, in, in order to provide the agent with what they need to do their job, yeah. You have to do your job and you have to come w- at them with everything they need. Exactly. And that goes down to you being, that goes down to the business side mm-hmm. of it. It's like, you can't, you know, you can't complain that you're not getting called out on certain auditions if you're not giving your agents what they need to do their job. Right. You know, right. and that takes money and that takes investment on you. It's, it's making more money in one place. You know, that's not necessarily the, the glamorous stuff, but it's, you're making money to invest in your own business. And that's, that's a big part. It's money time. Yeah. And I know a lot of dancers that are like, you know, they'll get into photography or they'll get into makeup or hair or whatever. And they'll do that on the side to supplement what, you know, their dance career or whatever, you know, or they'll, they, they design clothes or like they do whatever aside from working like a restaurant job or a retail job or something. It's still doing something in the creative world that, allows them to work on their own and in their own hours doing something creative, but also being available to do auditions and take jobs and things like that. But yeah, you're, you're, you're taking another job to, to fund your vision mm-hmm. really is yeah, essentially, essentially what it that's what it is. To. Yeah. So speaking of vision, what's next for you? What's your, what's the bigger, what's the grand plan? Where, where are you going? Well, I am focusing now more on my acting career. I feel like I, I, I did theater and dance and music growing up. I went mm-hmm. to performing arts high school. So I've always kind of been immersed in those three worlds. But when I moved to LA, my dance career took off immediately. So I was like, kind of like, okay, let me just focus on this and get as much of this out of it that I can until I feel like I'm burnt out or I'm getting older. And it's like, I feel like I've done all I can do. You know, I don't yeah. feel like I've done all I can do because dance is like my first passion so I'll do it until I can't anymore. But my love for dance has shifted 
into the acting world. And now I'm really immersing myself in that world. And it's been fun. It's been like an, a fun journey. It's completely different from dance. It's completely like getting into this side of the industry is a lot harder. You know, it's yeah. a lot bigger and it's a struggle, but I'm enjoying the struggle because it's building character and I'm learning so much along the way. Like it's trial and error, you know? Awesome. And, um, but I study with some really great coaches and I'm having like really great experiences right now and it's fun. And ultimately, like I just, I see myself having my own TV show. That's ultimately like what I want is my own TV show and just producing my own projects and being, you know, in on the creative side and being in front of the camera, but also behind it and making those, those creative decisions, so to speak. So I kind of have my hand in everything. And just taking everything that I've learned as a dancer and all the experiences on set and all of that stuff and just carrying it over into my work as an actress. And although it's tough out here, I kind of have really the same mentality as I did as a dancer. I was just like, it's going to happen for me. It's just a matter of me continuously fine-tuning what I want and my vision and ever doing everything I can to make that vision come to life and anything that's not working for me or working towards that is not in my life. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Awesome. 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 So, uh, one last question. Mm -hmm. What does living inspiration mean to you? Living inspiration means that It's a give and take for me. I feed off of inspiration from other people and I want to be that same source for them. So, you know, everything, especially with what we do is inspired by something else. There's truly nothing that's original. I mean, it could look like it's original, but it's always inspired and triggered by the greats or something else. You know what I mean? So I love, like, I feel challenged and like alive when I see somebody else doing something that inspires me. And I'm like, it motivates me to continue what I'm doing. And then when I know that I'm inspiring somebody else, I even am motivated that much more. It's a give and take and it works both ways. It's like, it's doing what you, you love and being who you are and not trying to be or do anything else that isn't true and authentic to you. And because of that, you get to inspire, you know, anybody that comes up, you know, in your path and and is drawn to you, you know, whether it's your energy or your way of being or whatever it is, but yeah, it's you, you know, standing as, as a source of, of what you truly love and being passionate about what you do. Yeah. You know? Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Shop Talk Radio and joining me as we dive underneath the hood of the creative lifestyle. Again, I am your host, Nick Onkin, and if you enjoyed today's episode, then go over to iTunes and leave us a good review so that we can spread the word and inspire even more people in the world to live inspiration and share their inner creativity. Also, we'd love to see where you're listening to the podcast, so snap a photo on Instagram, hashtag liveinspiration, or tag me at Nick Onkin so that you can inspire other people to listen wherever they are at. 
But beyond this, check out nickonkinshoptalk.com to read articles on creating the creative lifestyle anywhere from emotional intelligence to any other aspect of creative entrepreneurship. I'll be also posting up editorial content in the form of visual essays that I get to create with my photographic eye and my craft and my career. Uh, But most of all, you get to join the underground creative community that we're creating. So thanks again for joining us. Now go share your creativity with the world. Uh